0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday. And we've got a big show for you. We got a lot to cover, and we are going to focus solely on the upcoming NBA schedule. What's it gonna look like? Is there anything that might change forever going forward and then what's it going to mean for the draft free agency and then by extension the trade market from that and how that might impact the Pelicans. We got a big show with all of this to get you primed and set and ready for the season because a whole bunch of news came out over the weekend. I wanted to focus on Stan Van Gundy yesterday. We're going to go back to Stan Van Gundy tomorrow. He's also got his introductory press conference today 2 p.m. It will be live streamed. So if you want to hear the new Pelicans head coach talk for the first time along with gail benson and david griffin you'll have the opportunity to listen to that 2 p.m central um you can check it out at pelicans.com so we'll break down his press conference and all the other comments from everyone in tomorrow's show but today focusing on next season because by the way it's basically almost here which is kind of nuts to say so let's start the show off and just break it all down for you in today's edition of locked on pelicans so let's dive into it. The most basic of things. The season starts on December 22nd is the proposed date. They want to play 72 games a shortened season. They're going to end ideally by the start of the Olympics so that NBA players can play in the Olympics for their respective national team. It sounds like they want to retain to some degree the little play in tournament, play in series, play in games, whatever you want to call it, between the eighth and the ninth seed. That was a whole lot of fun actually between the Portland Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies. They are expecting the salary cap to drop somewhere between three to $15 million. There's a whole lot there. The draft is on November 18th with free agency. They don't have a date for that just yet. Slated to start sometime soon thereafter. There's discussions right now about what to do about the tax. And it sounds like maybe it'll remain relatively flat. So that's a whole lot right there. And we're going to break down what it means for the Pelicans in the league as a whole. So what's, what's going on here? Right. The NBA recently was reported lost about 1.5 billion with a B. Dollars in revenue. That is lost gate receipts, advertising, all of that stuff. This is important to separate from ratings. We can do ratings another day because people have a lot of thoughts on this and I think some of those narratives are wildly inaccurate. TV contracts pay out the same amount regardless of whether they lose games or don't lose games. It doesn't affect that. The advertising revenue set, it doesn't drop because of people not tuning in because the ratings were bad and ratings have been down. Yes. So They lost that much money by not playing games in front of fans and with everything that comes with it. Maybe merchandise sales were down, ticket sales and that gate revenue you don't get. In arena concessions and anything that gets bought from that. And of course, as I mentioned, merchandise, you probably buy more stuff at a game than you would online at home watching games on your TV. So there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into this that caused $1.5 billion in revenue to drop. Nothing we've seen is basically recession proof, right? So the NBA is hit hard by this recession proof, uh, pandemic proof. There we go. NBA is hit hard by this. So they want to start the season as soon as possible. And that means that if they start the season on December 22nd versus starting it around Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is the day I thought that they would start, symbolic, makes sense. It's a big NBA day anyway. It's a $500 million in revenue difference by starting it early. And given that they already lost 1.5, you don't want to then potentially start in January. And let's round that all up now to $2 billion lost. So the NBA is looking to get back to playing sooner rather than later. And look, it's driven by money. I think that's safe to say here. And it's also reasonable for them wanting to do this, even if it is too short of a time to kind of try and turn this all around. So the NBA wants to start. On December 22nd, the TV networks and the TV contracts probably want them to start on that day too, because that is a big NBA ratings day, and they want to avoid trying to play into June, July, August, like they did this year, where people just don't have the bandwidth and the capacity because you're spending more time outside, you're focused on football in some in some way to watch the NBA nearly as much. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll do a ratings episode maybe later this week or maybe next week because I have some thoughts I do want to share on that. So the NBA is trying to start on this day, 72 games, including a couple things that I think will become the norm. And we'll get into that part in the next segment. What's that 72 game schedule going to look like? But basically we've now seen this pandemic impact two seasons, this past season that just ended and the upcoming season. And the NBA wants to get back to normal sooner rather than later. And if they can limit this pandemic impact to just two seasons, they're going to feel really good about that. So a shortened season, just to kind of end it. then get back to business as usual is likely what the league wants to have happen. Probably this is going to mean that we don't get that full on transition to the league starting in December always or later than that, like a lot of people want. I'm looking at you, Scott Kushner. And so with the NBA getting back to things as normal, revenue gets back to normal, equalizes, and it's just cool. We're good, right? That's what they're hoping to do here. But I do think there are some things that may come into play from this that do become the norm. Maybe a shortened regular season, 72 games. I do think could become the norm. And then they put in a playing tournament in some capacity, that kind of European soccer style of cup in some way that the league wants by adding 10 games in in something else. There's also a couple of other things that could come from this season that I think will be the norm. And we'll get into that. Let's get into the schedule part of everything here in the next segment of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get into all of that, and then what it means for free agency, the draft, and all of that, all of that stuff, and how that impacts the Pelicans, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars, save some money that you can use for other things like rent. Your mortgage, food, whatever it might be. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto part at a chain store or new car dealership? You should not do that. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Literally anything you could need brake pads, they have it. New taillights because one got cracked, they have it. You got to have those things for your inspection all, all up to date. Motor oil, new carpet. I just ordered a bunch of engine coolant because I flushed out all the cars we have uh, to clean those systems out. It was cheaper. The coolant that I bought was like $8 a gallon versus $25 at one of the chain auto parts stores. You don't need to spend that much money. It gets delivered to you. It's super duper easy. Basically, their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. and quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices. You yeah, prices that you prefer because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much money. You can select like the cheap option or the really expensive option depending on what you need from, for your car. Sometimes you want that performance part. Sometimes you just need something that gets the done that's no hassle and they have that option too. So save a little bit of money. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box the way no, we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com don't forget tomorrow we're going to break down the stan van gundy press conference 2 p.m today he will be talking to the media and if you want to watch you can check it out at pelicans.com too and so i can't wait to hear what he's got to say about the roster and I'm going to be curious, given what we're going to talk about in segment three here too, so make sure you listen to tomorrow's show to find out if what we're kind of projecting and predicting might be true, because I bet we'll get some insight into that and what free agency and what this Pelicans team might look like next season in Sam Van Gundy's press conference today. So subscribe to Lockdown Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you do not miss tomorrow's episode. So a 72 game season, what might that look like? And why does it actually at least make sense for this season? So 72 games down from the normal 82. This is going to be interesting and it's going to kind of remind you to some degree, I think, of the bubble in some way where teams might be playing almost every other day, but you can do a lot of that when travel is somewhat restricted. So if the NBA does kind of a weird schedule for next year, you're going to see some things that get adopted and some things that don't for seasons after that. I do think the travel and playing games in groups is likely what we might see kind of going forward. So what I would expect to see is next season, no interconference games, no East versus West games. You're just not going to get that. And the NBA is not worried about that in a season where they're probably not expecting fans to be in attendance. It's not like you're going to get to miss out on LeBron James if you're a team in the Eastern Conference uh, or a fan of a team in the Eastern Conference because, frankly, you're not going to be able to go to games. You wouldn't get to see him anyway. It's probably what the NBA is kind of projecting and predicting here. So I think you're going to see interconference only games. And what you'll see is you will play the teams in your division eight times, eight times. So the Pelicans will play the Rockets eight times, the Mavericks eight times, the Memphis Grizzlies eight times. And also, if you want to build a rivalry between Zion Williamson and John ja Morant and in the, in their teams, playing eight times in one year is absolutely a way to go about kind of building that. So you might get some more hatred going forward from the fans for their division rivals when divisions in the NBA feel a little bit pointless. They're kind of stale and something that you probably don't need. This kind of brings that back, I think, to a degree. So you play the teams in your conf- in your division eight times and then the team other teams in your conference four times each. I think it works out to be in 72 games. So you'll get a ton of that. And the way it would probably work is if you're the Pelicans, you fly to, say, Los Angeles and play the Lakers twice in a row and then the Clippers twice in a row. Then you get on a plane and you fly up to Golden State. And you, or to San Francisco, I guess, and you play the Golden State Warriors twice, then the Sacramento Kings twice. And then maybe you come home. And then eventually you'll get back out on the road and you'll go play the Utah Jazz twice, then the Denver Nuggets twice then maybe the Portland Trailblazers twice, and so on and so forth. And all teams would kind of do this. Probably two games in almost maybe a back-to-back situation. Maybe it's like a Friday-Saturday thing or a a Tuesday-Wednesday thing or every other day. So you play on Tuesday, Thursday, what have you. But it's to minimize travel. So you cut down basically on plane flights by about half to a third to half. And as we saw in the bubble, when guys aren't traveling all the time, the basketball is pretty fucking fun, right? So I didn't mean to swear there, but yeah, it's pretty fun. Like I really enjoyed the bubble in the playoffs and the high quality basketball that we saw because guys were getting better rest because they weren't on planes so much, bouncing in between games, landing at four in the morning, and then having a game that night or something like that. You kind of cut down on a lot of that. And also if you're the NBA, this saves money for each team. You don't need to charter as many flights that can get expensive per diems on the road. All of that stuff gets cut down somewhat for teams as you cut down on the travel with it. So I think this makes a lot of sense. You save money and it just gets things done in a more, I don't know, efficient manner. It's not as fun maybe as kind of the jet setting that we like as fans, a new team coming to town every night. And maybe it's kind of brutal for you at times to go to games if we're allowed in there. But it's got to get done. So I would not be shocked to see that 72-game schedule, at least in terms of the travel and how it's done kind of become the norm going forward maybe it's you go up to new york and you play the the knicks once twice something like that uh however it might be at least for you know division teams and for conference teams so you go to houston you play them twice then you come back home and then you go on the road again for like two more games whatever it's going to be i would not be shocked to see games played in groups like that instead of one game in Houston, then the next game in San Antonio, then the next game in Dallas. You might go to Houston, to San Antonio, to Dallas, something like that, just to make things a little bit more efficient. And that's what it looks like it'll probably be, if I had to guess, this coming season. But eventually, the NBA will go back to playing those interconference games. You'll get teams against, uh, games against teams in the East and so on and so forth. And we'll get back to a little bit more normal of a schedule when we can do this. Now, the season probably ends before the Olympics if the Olympics go on. The Olympics are a big thing for NBA players. They want to represent the national teams. That's a very, very big deal. I would, uh, and, and so I would not be shocked if one of the reasons the Players Association kind of agrees to some of this stuff is because the players pushed them to do it so that they can go play in the Olympics. Kind of simple as that. You may see some sort of soccer style cup in here at some point. I don't know if we'll see it this season. It's something the NBA is bandied about a lot. Um, you will see that little play in tournament. I hate calling it a tournament. It's not, but you guys get what I mean. The nine versus eight thing. I don't know if it'll be four games or not, or if that gets expanded a little bit, but for the Pelicans, this probably means you can finish in ninth and not just eighth, And it it basically adds to some degree, a little bit more margin for error for teams fighting to get into the playoffs, which creates some more drama late in the season. And also probably de-incentivizes tanking to some degree. And speaking of that, the NBA absolutely needs to take a page out of what they did this past season as a way to de-incentivize tanking. It's annoying. It sucks unless your team's doing it and you land the number one overall pick. But only then is it okay. But in general, like, no, tanking's not fun and you don't want a team kind of get an easy way into the playoffs because they're playing tanking teams. That's what the Pelicans were supposed to have had, right? That's not what you want unless you're a Pelicans fan. But you guys get what I mean the larger point I'm trying to make. That's not good for the NBA. What they need to do is at a certain point, almost an arbitrary point or three quarters of the year through the season, you freeze the records there. And then at that point, that's the draft order or the lottery order and losing games over the final 10 don't matter. You may as well play to win because even if you win games, it doesn't actually change where you are in the standings. The NBA did this when it went into the bubble. It froze the schedules or it it froze the standings unless you got in, right? So the Pelicans, by not getting in, couldn't move up or down from their spot, depending on what happened to the Portland Trailblazers, the Memphis Grizzlies or the San Antonio Spurs and all of that. But them winning or losing games, if they had gone 0-8 in the bubble, their draft positioning in the lottery would not have changed. I like that. It means every team should be competitive down the stretch, which is what you want, because frankly, there's no incentive to losing. Maybe you do go with a youth movement, but at least they're trying to win, right? You're not getting those head-scratching moves of like, oh, this guy isn't going to play and it's rest or what have load management, what have you. Freeze the standings at a certain point. That's the draft lottery standings. And then every team should go out and try and compete because maybe you have a chance to get in the playoffs while still also being a lottery team or close to it. Maybe that's the way to go. And I would love something like that as would just make everything more competitive. And you wouldn't have teams just phoning it in, giving fans a reason not to watch or to root for losses. No one wants anything like that. And the NBA has an opportunity now to try and eliminate that to make games matter late in the season. Add some more drama. That is something that they should look to do this upcoming season. So there you go. The 72 game schedule and what it might look like. So all of that is in the lead up to the next segment. How does this impact the draft, free agency, and trades, player movement, all of that? What's the salary? What's going to happen to the salary cap? What's going to happen to the tax line? Let's get into it, and then we're going to see... In the press conference later today from Stan Van Gundy, if some of this gets hinted at, I'm curious. Like, I'm I'm really excited for this press conference and to talk to you all tomorrow to see if we get a hint of anything that we're kind of projecting and think might happen. So coming up, I'll explain what that all is going to be. Draft free agency trades, all that, and a little bit more in the next segment here at Locked on Pelicans. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Whether you're a new listener, and thank you for tuning in if you're excited about Stan Van Gundy and what this team might look like next season, or you've been with me for a long time, I appreciate you taking part of your day to listen to the show. It's a lot of fun here talking about Zion Williamson, now Stan Van Gundy, kind of larger than life personality, free agency the draft and what the season's going to look like next year. There's a lot of basketball coming. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. You could probably hear it in today's show, so I can't wait to talk with you all some more about this, so subscribe to Lockdown Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. All right, draft, free agency, all of that. What's it mean? And there's a lot. So it it starts with the schedule. If you're starting on December 22nd, the draft, by the way, is going to be November 18th and you're going to have free agency start somewhat after that. That basically means that training camp starts in a month. Obviously, there's going to be no summer league. And so this all seems to favor teams that have continuity is what I think it kind of boils down to. The people that you draft on November 18th, the season starts less than a month after that. These are guys that haven't really played competitive basketball since early March. There was no March Madness. The trainings and the combine and all of that where they play five on five, none of that's happening right now. It's individual workouts, maybe maybe some like black ops workouts and things like that. But These guys haven't played meaningful basketball minutes in how long? You think those rookies are going to get up to speed with no summer league in time for the start of the season? Not a chance. One or two guys may make an impact, but this is largely going to be a rough rookie year for most players because you don't have that long term coaching that you get over two, three, four months in the start, uh, in the lead up to the start of the regular season. You get some good run and instruction and just playing time in summer league. You don't get any of that. These guys go from being cold to thrown into an NBA season if you think they're going to do well as they adjust to all of that stuff immediately it's not going to happen and then if you throw in that a team might have some turnover and it's a bunch of new guys playing together it's going to be all sorts of discombobulated it might be bad basketball to start the year but this rookie class oh they kind of get screwed on this none of these guys are going to look at least my guess is none of these guys are going to look particularly good And then you get into free agency, what it might mean for teams going forward. If the cap drops anywhere from three to 15 million, there was no money out there in the first place. There might be about four or five teams that have cap space if the salary cap goes down, even a little bit. There's not going to be much movement everyone's going to have the same mid-level exception and they're all going to be bidding against each other. So this is where a winning organization or a team that has a strong culture and recruiting pitch makes a difference because everyone's going to have the same amount of money for all of these guys. And if you're one of those players that's out there, that's great to have a a bidding war for you, right? Except when it's the same amount from everybody, it sucks. So I would not be shocked due to some of the uncertainty here. You see just a bunch of one-year deals, Two-year deals with a player option, let's say, on there. No one wants to sign for long-term money right now. One, because there's no long-term money. And who knows what things are going to look like in the future. And they want their big payday. And teams are going to be scared to commit that stuff to them anyway. So maybe it just is agreed upon by everyone. That it's going to be short-term you know, deals for the that the, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. The taxpayer mid-level exception. And all of that stuff. Because no one's really going to have any money. And so... If you're a team that can carry over the same roster and go in with a ton of continuity, which you might have to do, it's a good thing probably because your training camp is going to be shorter. Training camp starts in a month, essentially, like 35 days from training camp starting. Think about that for a second. There's probably not going to be much of preseason, if anything. None of these guys are going to be good to go for the next year. So if you're integrating a bunch of new players, let's say you're able to kind of turn it around, you're not going to look good. And that probably means that the offseason trade market, Drew Holiday, JJ Reddick, hell, Chris Paul, none of that probably is gonna happen right now because teams are kind of scared to rock the boat. Because if you want to get off to a good start or you have hopes of making the playoffs, starting five and ten or or, or you know, two and thirteen, as the Pelicans have like done before, kind of puts you in a hole. You only have 72 games to get into the playoffs, not 82. You're losing 10 games. So if you're like, oh, we'll peak later and we'll go on a run and get in, you've 10 less games to do that. So this does seem to favor teams that go into the season with some continuity from last year. This ties into the Pelicans in an important way. One, it probably means they're not trading JJ Redick and Drew Holiday more so than they probably aren't, weren't going to trade those guys Two. It kind of ties into what's been reported about Stan Van Gundy saying he had a vision for this roster as it is, and that David Griffin liked a lot of this roster as it is. And maybe they want to roll into next season with that to see what a new coach can do. And if these guys have some continuity with each other going into next season, gives them a bit of a jump on getting to the playoffs in a shortened season where every game matters just a little bit more. And I would not be shocked if that's what the Pelicans do. And in the press conference today for Stan Van Gundy, is Griffin going to mention something about that? Is is Stan Van Gundy going to mention something like that? Do they give any hints about what things might look like? But then what does this mean? It means that the trade market is not going to heat up at the trade deadline. It's going to heat up well before that. This might be a very active season in December and January in the lead up to whenever the trade deadline is. Things get done in that final week, right? Final couple days of the trade deadline. You don't see a ton before. In a normal NBA season that starts in late October, early November, you rarely see trades before January. I think if you were to kind of uh, scale that to whatever this season is going to look like, it's going to have trades before January, whatever month, whatever day it would, would equate to in this coming season teams are going to use the first 15 games as training camp because you're not going to have a long enough training camp. You're not going to know what really works and what doesn't. You're going to treat the beginning games kind of like it is. You'll see some screwy rotations. You'll see weird combinations of lineups and some funky runs out there. And then when teams start to figure out what works and what doesn't and what their biggest needs are, that's when the trade market is going to get active. And that's when maybe you see a team realize like, crap's not working for him. Let's just trade for Chris Paul right now. Or try and make a move for Drew Holliday or JJ Redick, and then just be shot down over the phone by David Griffin when he answers and goes, no way, because we want to keep those guys. You might see a real active trade season early on for teams instead of later is what I think could happen. It's just a guess. I'm not sure and maybe we'll get some idea of what things might look like for teams uh as we go into next season in this press for the team the Pelicans as we go into this presser with Stan Van Gundy later today. I don't know. Like a lot of this is guesswork because we've never seen anything like this. We don't even need to get in the tax, which either goes stays flat, goes up, does it go down? I have no freaking clue. We are in such uncharted territory and uncharted water. But if you love NBA basketball, Get ready for a whole crap ton of news, uh, stuff, and then actual games in less than two months essentially is what we're getting. It's the 27th today. The season starts in less than two months. Training camp is about a month away. The draft in a couple of weeks, then free agency right after that. Oh man, there's a lot coming for the NBA very soon. Then that carries over into the Olympics and everything, which should be kind of fun as well. So I can't wait. You probably hear the excitement in my voice today because I'm actually kind of fired up about this. I went through a period where we were doing shows almost daily and then we went to three days a week during the hiatus and then the bubble. Then the Pelicans sucked. And then sometimes when they're bad and like things aren't fun to cover, it just kind of becomes a bit of a slog. And you can probably hear a little bit lack of enthusiasm in my voice, to be perfectly frank with all of my listeners here. Sometimes it just wears doing a daily show on you. I'm fired up today though. Like I am really excited about it. And I cannot wait for this press conference with Stan Van Gundy later. That's how ready I am for like real basketball. That should be kind of fun. I love getting an opportunity for the league to do different and weird things because you basically have a mulligan, a free pass here with this pandemic to try new things. I try and push this all the time at my day job. We're in weird circumstances. Let's try something different because if it fails, no one will get mad at us because of the circumstances and everything going on around us right now. And the NBA is doing that, and I love it. Things like the 72-game schedule, the travel, potentially freezing the standings for the draft lottery, all of that. Oh, man, it's going to be really, really fun. And if the Pelicans try and go into next season with some continuity in the same roster, when they did look really good at times and can carry some of that over, they could be a playoff team. And that's going to be really fun here in New Orleans, especially if Zion comes in looking really, really good. So I cannot wait. Players are probably going to start getting back to town in the next week or so as they start getting workouts in at the facility. Um, and hopefully the NBA allows all of that stuff. But you're going to start seeing a ton of stuff coming very, very soon. I cannot wait. We're going to cover it all here on Locked On Pelican. So whether you're a new listener, you've been with me from the beginning, we're getting close to the start of next season. I can't wait. Hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast so you never miss a show. No, no paywall. We're here Monday through Friday, which is basketball talk for you. Free basketball talk on your favorite team coming from a guy who's there on a daily basis covering the team. Doesn't get much better than that. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That's going to do it for today's show. Big thank you to Rock Auto for sponsoring today's show. When you order something over at RockAuto.com, don't forget put in uh, Locked On in the How did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow to break down the Stan Van Gundy press conference.